0: From the Academy Award-winning director of Gravity and Children of Men comes a new film that takes us to 1970s Mexico and the life of a live-in
1: maid. Roma is an intensely personal film for director Alfonso Caron, and it is critically acclaimed by many of our peers. But we have our own thoughts on this portrait of privileged domestic life. I'm Kaylee,
0: and she's Tuesday, and you're listening to Whiskey and Popcorn. Roma is a suburb of Mexico City and this is where the majority of the film takes place. And we meet Cleo, who is played by Yalitza Aparicio. She works as a live-in maid for an upper middle class family and it's her job to essentially care for the house and the cooking as
1: well as the family's many children. Now, Cleo is not a slave by any means, and she is able to go out of the house, go to the movies, hang out with friends, and even meet guys, which ultimately leads to her getting pregnant. And while the story is told from her point of view, this is very much a story about her, the family, and their relationship together. And
0: I think for us here in the US, this idea of having live-in help is pretty foreign for most of us, and it's more common, I think, in other countries. And the director, Alfonso, he says that this movie was a very personal film for him. Um, it took him many years to actually write it, put it together, uh, because his this was just near and dear to his heart. Um, and it really is supposed to be a tribute to the maid who essentially raised him. And this story is pieced together from his memories. and. We tried to find a clip for this review, but unfortunately, uh, it's mostly just
1: music and images. So we'll put a link to the trailer on our website. This film has been the talk of international film festivals, including the Scottsdale International Film Festival. It was the opening film for that, and we entered with high expectations. But... Well, let's do this. I
0: want to start with what actually worked for me. First and foremost, the cinematography and art direction. Beautiful. The entire film is in black and white so immediately my attention is just arrested. I am very fascinated by black and white films, particularly when they're used nowadays when that's not necessary anymore. And you know, it, there's something fundamental about monochromatic films where it just like it's stripping away uh, all the unnecessary things, all the distractions that you might get from, you know, bright colors. But in a way, it also kind of strips down the mood of the film. It's just it's a very deliberate way of telling a story. And also the way the shots were composed in this film were really specific and beautifully crafted right off the bat we start the movie by staring at the sky through a puddle of water and we see a jet make its way across that sky while we hear the sounds of cleaning of scrubbing in the background it's like this very artistic moment that immediately puts you in a place and it just it hooked me and I Wanted to see more. I was already very interested, very vested coming into this film. And then when we're inside the family home, the way we navigate through it is like a very specific way. For example, when we're in the upstairs and we can see all the children's rooms, like the camera will just pan across them all in this very sort of lazy right to left, left to right pan. And it does repeat that in the downstairs too. So you really get a feel for the layout of the house and in a way it almost felt like we lived there too because he just kind of knew oh this is where this kid's room is this is where the mom and dad are
1: here's the kitchen all that good stuff now those two are things that worked for me in this film the cinematography is beautiful and that actually went to Alfonso because he lost his cinematographer last minute so this is actually done completely by the writer and the director and it was painstakingly done and you can tell the time that they really put into the cinematography. And I did enjoy the panning of the house because you it did feel very inclusive, but that's about all the movie did for me. Uh, despite the grandstanding of its arrival at the film festival, I found it mediocre at best. It didn't really keep my attention. It ran exceptionally long. But I I enjoyed the study of rich versus poor, master versus servant, and that all occurring in one town or under one roof. But other films have portrayed that concept so well. And with less of a meandering plot line, I just I didn't really connect with any of the characters. No, no. I Like, for me, I just kept waiting for this film to start
0: you know like I wanted the epiphany to happen and we never got there it just rolled along at this very sedate pace just marching along without really saying anything and I I read one review that said that this film was brilliantly meditative in this instance I have to say I don't think meditative worked, or even is the right word for this film.
1: I just, I struggled to know what they were trying to say about Cleo's life. Yeah. And the status of that town and what was going on right then. The film very much began abruptly and ended just the same. I think the way you said that is just like the perfect catch-all phrase for this movie. It's, a, it's almost
0: a circular story in, in many ways. You know, I found myself just getting really bored and frustrated as this movie went on. Beautiful cinematography and art direction are wonderful but to sit through it for two hours and two o- hours plus. And almost 30 minutes or so I was getting antsy. I'm like I- I'm bored. I am no longer interested in this anymore. I wanted to get up and go. And then the more I thought about it, I started getting angry. Uh, While I can definitely tip my hat to Alfonso wanting to tell the story of his maid, it just really, it felt like another wealthy, privileged man telling an underprivileged woman's story. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. Because I don't think he was fully aware of her perspective. He tried. But, I feel like he was missing the mark of what it's like to be a woman, a minority, she is part of the indigenous population, and you know, a a maid. I I just, it felt very condescending in some ways. It just, ugh. I don't feel like the issues that the, the film brought up were fully explored or
1: resolved anyway. And it's made so obvious that she is less throughout the movie. She, at one point, actually rests and watches a movie with the family, but she's still on the floor. Now, albeit like a pillow or something on the floor, but she's on the floor, and she's quickly made to get up and get a tea for one of the family members. So she's always going to be this dark-skinned resident in a lighter-skinned household, and that's not going to play well when it's not written or directed from that viewpoint, If he wanted to really pay homage to his town, he should have done it from his boy, younger point of view. I just, uh, the more I thought about this film,
0: the more upset I started getting. And I have yet to see anybody else, any of our fellow critics, cinephiles, say this or bring this up. And I think, you know, that's just a testament to... Having some female perspective on a film like this, where it's definitely going to be up for the Oscars. It's definitely going to probably win awards in the award season. And rightly so for cinematography and art direction. But I don't know if I could could give it for best director this time around or even best picture or best foreign film for that matter.
1: Which is unfortunate, because I have loved some of the other films that he's done. And this film really does gloss
0: over some pretty big issues, like the fact that she does get pregnant, and without spoiling the movie, she only really gets to be a mother to the family's kids and not her own. And there's also this whole thing where I feel like I'm missing a lot of context for the film, uh, because I didn't understand what was happening in Mexico at this time. There are multiple scenes where there's... A military marching band that comes down the street, there's riots, (laughs) all sorts of upheaval is happening in and around Cleo, but it's like none of it really touches her. It's existing separate of her for the most part.
1: Yeah, we we have random marching bands down the street and they brush on this student-run protest, but nothing is really discussed. Cleo and other members of the family kind of just end up in the middle of it and we just view it. And only after looking it up after did I become aware that it was the Corpus Christi massacre. And this was a huge thing, but it just, it was almost like, hey, we have to talk about history in here, so we're gonna throw them in the middle of a protest. And there's a huge fire in the neighboring woods by the family and much of the town, including dogs and maids and kids go out to stop it. And then we're just on to the next scene. Like nothing is kind of intertwined at any point or, hey, did you want to talk about that fire that happened last night? It's just that's a thing that happens and we're not going to talk about it.
0: And I really think that's the result of Alfonso piecing together like his memories. And while it makes sense to him because it's it's his story, of course he like knows where he's going. But for somebody who wasn't there, for us not being in his brain and knowing this and particularly, you know, for unfortunately, you know, we're we're not from Mexico. We don't have Mexican studies in Arizona, and we should. But I mean, like, I I wouldn't know about these protests. I'd, who knows what was going on. And there are ways to draw in audiences, particularly when it's like a foreign audience or a foreign film. You know, draw in outsiders to the tale. And I would have glossed over these things had I been more engaged in the story. But it was just like another mark against us, like, well,
1: here's something else that's going on, and I just don't really get it. Why is this here? And maybe that's the benefit of the doubt I have for this film is maybe it was just over my head. And unfortunately for Netflix to pick this up, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads. Unless they particularly were history buffs and knew about that time.
0: Sure. I do want to mention here before we wrap up uh, the actress, uh, Yalitsa who played Cleo. This is her first film, credit ever. I have to say, everything else aside, I think she did a phenomenal job with her performance, particularly since she's never done a movie before. It felt very natural. Even if I wasn't engaged in her story, I do not blame her performance. It's more the direction and and the scripting. But what she had to work with, I think she did
1: masterfully well. I couldn't agree more. She did very, very well. And had the story been different, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, she's this movie's paying homage to the woman who raised you, you know, whether it's it was a maid or a mother or a nanny and she's very authentic and with what she was working with fantastic
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. so uh, that being said Roma
0: is going to be in a theater near you but it's also going to be on Netflix so you can take your pick if you want to buy the ticket or just sit at home and
1: enjoy it from the comfort of your own couch We'll be having more Netflix reviews as they tend to be popping up more and more as award season rolls through. So definitely keep an eye on us and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and or SoundCloud. And don't forget, we're now on Spotify too. Woohoo! Ooh, we're official
0: now guys <laughs> and don't forget we are also on Facebook Instagram and Twitter come to our website whiskeyandpopcorn.org we put all of our delicious content up there as well including our fun feature pieces like uh, "Superpowering girls a study from BBC America you should check out my interview with uh, one of the
1: researchers of that study it was very interesting there's nothing wrong with some female superheroes girl power and on that note We'll see you at the movies.